0: Welcome to The Emily Osmond Show, your place to learn how to market yourself online, find your tribe, and grow a business doing the work you love on your terms. As a blogger, presenter, and marketing mentor, I understand the ups and downs that come with putting ourselves out there and running our own show. This podcast is here to take you behind the scenes and share the strategies to help you succeed. So let's get into the show. Welcome back to the show. And today we're talking about all things public relations, which is also known as PR. So whether it's landing a magazine cover or planning a major media launch, today's guest has done it all. And she's here to help you achieve PR success For your business, Alicia Penhallwood is the founder and marketing strategy coach at Harper Collective, where she helps brands to get their message out into the world so they can connect with their ideal customers and grow a business that truly fulfills them. So listen in to find out the biggest mistakes that people make when it comes to PR, what small businesses need to have in place before they start pitching to the media, how and what exactly to pitch, along with the art of the follow up. Plus, we'll explore how you can maximize PR coverage once you've secured it. This episode is brought to you by my free online Instagram training, where I share the five must-haves for an Instagram strategy that actually connects and converts. Go to emilyosmond.com forward slash free to register. And now let's get into the show. So Alicia, so great to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. So for those that have never heard about you before, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us where your work came from and what it is that you do now.
1: Yeah. So I worked in PR agencies for about six years before starting my own business and I worked with some really big international brands, which was awesome and lots of celebrities, which was a little bit crazy and wild. And basically I just wanted to design a business that really supported the lifestyle that I wanted to live. So I bought a ticket to go to New Zealand and I actually hired a camper van and I went for two weeks in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> in the snow, <laughs> there were like a few meltdowns. I will say that, but it was a really good time to just hone in on exactly what I wanted to create and as well, just get back to myself. When I came back, I thought, you know what? I'm going to give this a go and I'm going to start my own business. And I got a call from someone who I used to work with. and. Basically, they wanted some support around their PR and it just grew from there and now I've been running Harper Collective for four years and yeah, it still surprises me that yeah, it just keeps growing. It's really good. <laughs> and well, it's a testament
0: that you're doing great work because you're growing because people are like, oh, have you heard of Half a Collective? You need to get on board. Um, I think we must have started about the same time and in the same fashion in a way, like don't really have a plan here, but I know I want to have my own business. I want to work for myself. And then the clients kind of start coming. So it's good. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's total winging it. There were a lot of moments when I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know my skills, I don't know how to run a business, which I know that now, but yeah, it's a good journey. Absolutely. And what was it about
0: PR that you
1: were drawn to? I think, and it's funny, it's still exactly the same thing. It's, there are weeks and weeks that go into landing a feature. And it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of, you know, maybe not hearing back from editors for a long time. But when you land that feature, it is just the best feeling because you're like, you can see that end result. I think you can also see the impact that it then has on the client's business. And that's just so rewarding. So I always work towards those little moments that you get along the way. Sounds like
0: it really fulfills you, which is so important, isn't it? Especially when you're working so hard for so long for something. So very cool. Well, Alicia, I wanted to have you on the show because you've got so much knowledge to share. And um, actually, I thought I'd say how we met each other, which was probably three years ago, I would say it was doing a trade show together here in Melbourne. And um, we haven't really spoken or seen each other since then. So it was really exciting to, um, I've been following along and it's been really, really cool to see what you've been doing. But um, it was great to kind of connect back then. And we both had our stands out talking about what we were doing. And now here we are. So it's exciting to kind of catch up. So I wanted, yeah, like I said, I wanted to bring you on because you've got such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to working with businesses around their PR. And um, I want to be able to share a bit today around those people that haven't really done a whole lot of PR. And when I say that, I mean, public relations for their business. So give them a bit of a a bit of a 101 on what it is, how they could achieve it for their business and and why they should be looking at it. So I think that's probably a good one to start on in terms of what is PR and also why is it something that businesses can really benefit from?
1: PR to me basically is connecting your offering with the people who need to hear it. And you can do that in a whole range of different crazy and creative and wacky ways. And that could be doing events and getting people to come along and doing a product launch. It could be having your product featured in a magazine. It could be doing a podcast interview like this. It could even be collaborating with someone and as well looking at working with influencers. So there's a whole wide range of things that you can do. And I think the important thing here is that PR is not for everyone. And I think you really need to know when it's the right time to do PR for your business, which we can delve into a little bit more today. But I think when it is the right time, the benefits are increasing your reach and connecting with people that may have never heard of you. And that could be global. And I think when you get it right, you just open up doors and opportunities that you wouldn't have even thought of. It's pretty powerful. I
0: want to ask you who, cause you said it's not for everyone. Tell me more about that. Who would you say is for and who maybe isn't it for?
1: Your intention for PR has to be authentic. I would say you've got to want it for the right reasons. It's only going to get you so far if you just want, and I'm saying this with so much compassion, but it's not if you want an ego boost of, you know, <laughs> getting a feature here and there. Yeah. It's It is for you if you know what your goals are, you know what your message is, you know who your market is, and you have all of your assets ready to go, or you're willing to invest in getting some really good quality assets.
0: It's kind of like actually getting clear about why you want it, and it's not just a matter of getting... Flashed around in a few publications. So, what what do businesses need to have in place before they start chasing PR? Because you mentioned a few things there around having a goal and their messages and their assets. Could you step us through some of those and what they look
1: like? Hundred percent. So, the first thing would be a website. <laughs> I know it sounds really basic. <laughs> um, pretty important, yeah, a though. Website. Yeah, and then within that website making sure that whatever you're actually wanting to promote is on your website with some really clear calls to action. Because if we're going to drum up all of this attention around your brand, we want you to be able to convert when it's time to convert. So I think website number one, get that done. The next thing I would say is having a presence on social media. It's so important because editors are going to come straight to your Instagram and look at what you're posting. If you've been even posted in the last year, yep. <laughs> which, yes, I've worked with clients who haven't and we're quick smart to get that fixed. And I think they really want to get a feel for you and making sure that what you're promoting is aligned with what you're putting out on social media mm-hmm. as well. The next thing I would say is get some really good quality, high resolution shots of either you or your product or both is even better. And there's a massive list, (laughs) but with product shots, it's really good to have some deep etch shots and always have these at 300 DPI. And it's also nice to have some lifestyle shots as well. So people can get a feel for sort of your branding and how your product would sit within their publication. I think that's pretty much it. But yeah, hundred percent. Always get a shot of you, and make sure it's really good quality and no selfies, please. (laughs) And
0: coming from the other perspective, with having a blog, I couldn't agree more. Like I just can't post about a business if they if they don't have images or if they don't have really nice lifestyle images. Because and I would I'd love to pick your brain on this too actually, Alicia, with traditional media or lifestyle media, so print magazines that type of thing, and even online. Because I, I started out doing some journalism work, and often I'd jump and we'd go with a camera crew and or a photographer, and we would cover say for, for the local paper when I was doing work experience would go out, we'll photograph and come back. Now, is there more of a trend with some short-staffed news hubs in terms of they will print more of clients' images? Is that something that you're seeing?
1: It really depends. Like I think it depends on their turnaround time as well. So for online, yes, they'll use your own shots usually. and But then as well, we work with a lot of print magazines who are always looking for exclusive content so that's magazines and newspapers and we're currently organizing a five-page shoot at the moment where they'll go out to the client's home and style it and very exciting that is so exciting (laughs) yeah so we've done a few shoots like that and yeah those are awesome so yeah it's a bit of both i was
0: gonna say it probably depends on the size of the publication too in terms of what resources they have but I think it never hurts to have some fantastic images and you I think you really really should as a minimum because also I think it shows the publication just even an idea of what you've got to offer so they can figure out if it's something that they want to want to go and invest into so thank you for sharing those and I'm such an advocate for photography I always say like if there's one thing that you invest in just get some great photos I find even when brands start sharing them they do start getting approach for more media or collaborations or that type of thing. So that's a great tip. What would be some of the perhaps some of the misbeliefs or mistakes that businesses have when it comes to PR that you've come across in your in your time working with them?
1: I think misbeliefs is that one feature is going to make you hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> it may, <laughs> yeah, if it's a great feature, but For me, I think it's important to remember that PR is about building awareness about your business and that should be the first goal. And the next goal from there is introducing your brand to a wider audience and to the right audience. And then anything that comes from that is just an added benefit. Some other mistakes, oh, this is a big one. It would be sending the same pitch to every single publication. And the next one, which is a mistake, would be getting the editor's name wrong. Oh my gosh. And I have that when people email me. It's
0: so funny because I've become friends with Jen Bishop from Interiors Addict, and there's been a few times when they've emailed me, they've said, hey, Jen, I just wanted to, and I'm like, oh, I think you forgot to swap the name.
1: (laughs) It's so awkward. And it does happen when I was starting out, like I did it, it happens. You make a mistake, but I think, really take the time to write your pitch and now it takes PR takes a long time if you're going to do it well because I will spend hours actually reading that publication researching the editor and then I'll write my pitch from there and it's tailored for every single publication that I pitch to. Could I ask what is it that you look at what do you tailor? The first thing that I do is look at their tone of voice So understand what are some common words that you'll see them use throughout that publication. Mm, I like that. Yeah. So I actually landed a really awesome cover shoot a while back, which was just so much fun to work on. And it took me about two hours to write that pitch because what I did is I researched who the editor was that I wanted to pitch to. And then I read each of her features that she had written and i noticed that there was a lot of words that she would use which were like whimsical and elegant and light-filled and that those sorts of words so what i did is i pulled together a full list of those words and then when i wrote my pitch i wrote it using the language that she was using for her audience and the benefit of that was she wrote back in 10 minutes and said, you have the Christmas cover shoot. <gasps> what? <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is huge. So that was really exciting. But I think, yeah, when you just just take your time and treat them as if they're a friend and pitch to them as if they're a human being, that would be my advice around avoiding those mistakes that, yeah. We can all make them. Totally. Okay, so we've got a
0: small business owner and they're kind of getting a feel for what PR is and how it might be able to help them. And they know it's not just going to be the one hit kind of wonder that changes everything necessarily, unless they get super lucky. And then we've got an idea of what they should have in place. And I think it's so true, just actually understanding what your goals are, what you're trying to achieve with your PR, and then actually being ready to respond to that. So if people do visit your website, you make sure that that whatever you're talking about is front and center and that if it's something people can purchase, if that's the type of brand it is, perhaps they have products or that type of thing that it's it's there and maybe you've stocked up a little bit to be ready for that. Then in terms of figuring out like where do people start when they know they want to try and pitch for coverage, where do they start? How can they research who to pitch to and how do they go about selecting different media?
1: It all starts with your audience. So get to know your audience. Where are they hanging out? Are they reading the latest magazines? Are they listening to podcasts? Are they going to events like Business Chicks and that sort of thing? So really get a good understanding for your audience and where do they get their information from? Then my next thing would be is pull together a full list of all those different places that your audience is hanging out. And if, for example, it is a magazine I would recommend going to the newsagent and actually buying those magazines or a quick hack if you want to save some money is to go to your local library because they actually stock all of the latest magazines. I discovered that and I'm like, oh, what? (laughs) This is so good. (laughs) You'll save a lot of, a lot of money. And that could be a good place to start if you're a bit unsure. So just have a good read. And if it is a magazine that you want to pitch to, is flick through the pages and say, we we'll use an example. You might be a, a fitness guru and you want to pitch yourself to something like Woman's Health. So you'll have a look through there and you'll go, okay, well, what's my story here? What do I actually want to pitch? And that might be that you're all about, I guess, debunking myths around dieting over the holiday season or, you know, setting really good, healthy resolutions for the new year. Say that's your story that you want to go with. So actually read the magazine and look where that is going to fit into and then have a look at who the editor is. And then from there I would go back to what we were chatting about before and actually look at, okay, well, how are they structuring this article. Do they like to do things like five top tips or do they like to do an actual in-depth interview with you? So from there, that's going to give you a really good idea of what your pitch should actually include. And that should help you get a good structure for what you want to say and even what images you want to include when it does come time to draft up that email. Makes a lot of sense. And that's,
0: again, I guess comes back to what you were saying around that it can't be kind of a blanket pitch to everyone because each publication writes different forms of content, whether it's like you said, the tips or more of an in-depth feature article, or they already have a series going. And to bring in an example, I know on my blog, getinmyhome.com, which is all about my obsession with homes and interiors, that I will take notice when a brand or a PR company emails me and says, hey, um, we thought that this product or this person would be perfect for This part of your blog. So I know that they've actually looked at my different, basically, content categories on my blog rather than just trying to pitch a random type of thing. So I can see why that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, exactly. And we do that all the time. So making sure that you're really specific. The next step would be actually writing your pitch, which can be really scary for a lot of people. This is a big (laughs) topic. Yeah. So I guess my tips around writing your pitch if we want to move into that next would be keep it short and sweet. So get to the point quickly. And I think the first paragraph like you mentioned is really important to for that paragraph to show that you've actually taken the time to look at the section that the editor writes and mention that in there. So you might want to say I would love to introduce you to my latest offering, which is this. And then you might say, I thought it would be perfect for this section because it would inspire these types of readers. So that's the next step where you wanna actually look at, okay, well, who are their readers? Are they interior design obsessed? And if you speak to that sort of language, they're going to go, this person gets me. And not only that, they've actually taken the time to look at what I write about and what my platform speaks to. So that would be your first paragraph. The next paragraph is all about storytelling for me. You want to really capture their attention and make them go, oh, tell me more. Like, this is perfect for my audience and I actually want to pick up the phone and ask you more about this story. And then I think in your last paragraph, you want to include... All the key details like your website and anything around where the product if it's a product where is it available or if it hasn't yet launched when it will be launching so all of those details and then just say something really nice like thank you so much for your time and I really look forward to hearing from you soon so that would be sort of the body of your pitch can I
0: ask you a little something on that one yeah yeah so when it comes to the story how do we figure out what that is because also I know and this is what I say to some of my students around PR that media generally aren't just going to publish basically a free ad about your business so it's not about just trying to get them to do your advertising through your PR there has to be like you said something of interest a story in there For their audience for the journalists to actually consider it so what how do we kind of figure out what that is and i guess that's
1: around the angle too my first thing here and it's something that i actually say to my team and myself all the time which is make it about them not about you the pitch is all about how your story can benefit them and their audience it's actually not about selling you and your business first. That's really going to help guide you when writing your pitch. So the next thing would be have a big brainstorm session about your story. Why is it unique? Why would people care? Does it evoke any sort of emotion when you tell it? And something that's really good is actually to pick up the phone and chat to a friend about it and get their feedback on it. And I think that'll just help you, I guess, find those little nuggets of wisdom that maybe you didn't even know were there. So that would be my tip around storytelling is first make it about them, not about you. And then chat to a friend and just really delve into it. And you might even get a big piece of butcher's. Block paper and you might want to just write out a whole bunch of different ideas and then say, hey, what do you think about this? What would you be interested in? And another alternative when you are pitching is actually to give the editor a few different story angles that you could speak to. And often that will, they'll, pick one or two, which is a bonus, because you might actually get more than one feature. Oh my
0: gosh, that is such a good idea. (laughs) And it also helps rather than the journalist um, or editor saying, oh, you know, it's probably not going to be a good fit for us. Once they see that you've got the variety or the different angles that you can offer, it's much more helpful and compelling, I think. Yeah, definitely. Do you send images with the initial email? Will you say, hey, I've got a few shots that I can show you?
1: Yeah. So, what I like to do is definitely send images 100% because a lot of people are visual and they love to just get a really good all round feel for your brand. So, 100% send images. But what I will say with that is send low res images because if you send a whole bunch of high res images, it's likely the email will not even make their inbox. So, what I would do is actually pick two to three really great shots that you think sum up your story. And then what I would even say at the base of your pitch is I've also put together a Dropbox link with more images, which you're more than welcome to use. And then pop them all in there with a link so that they can really easily access them. That's, yeah,
0: really, really good point. And I can tell you from the other perspective as well, just having access to these images and really getting a feel, that's what I'll make my decision on often. You know, it's like, right, let's create a great story around this. Or I know my audience are going to love this. So it's a good point. So once we send it through, talk to us about the follow up. Is this something that we should do? When should we do it? How should we do it? Tell us everything.
1: It's what I said before. Remember, they're humans and they also have busy schedules. So don't, call them a million and one times. Their inbox is getting a lot of emails every day, depending on the publication. So what I would recommend here is leaving it a few days to maybe a week. And this might be different depending on the publication, but you can just guide with your intuition on what you think would be right. And then just pop through a really gentle and quick little reminder just saying, hey, was wondering if you had a chance to read the story idea that I had below. I would love any feedback that you have. And I think it's really important to follow up for two reasons, obviously because maybe they missed your email. The next one is, is if they are gonna take the time to give you feedback, that is so valuable for you. Because I would actually keep a document with all of that feedback in it, depending on the publication, because what they might actually tell you is, we love the story, but it's just not the right fit for this section but we're actually focusing on these types of stories next year. So you could go, okay, so let me have a think about what I could actually pitch knowing what they're writing about next year in the next few weeks. That's really smart. Or sometimes they'll just say, no, it's not for us. And that's okay too. And I think that helps you know, okay, well my audience is probably actually not reading this publication and I'm not going to waste their time by sending them multiple pitches in the future let's just wrap that relationship up there and I can touch base again if if I think I've got a relevant story, but it just helps guide you on where to put your energy and time because this process does take a lot of time <laughs> and you don't want to drive anyone crazy in the process no. as well. Now, something I actually forgot
0: to kind of mention or ask is around press releases, are they still something that you would suggest in terms of writing up more of a kind of full page document or do you think it's better to have that briefer email I guess where you're introducing and sharing a little bit of the story what would you suggest
1: everyone's opinion on this is different for me I think press releases are really important and look not every editor is going to want one and that's okay they just won't open it but Mm -hmm. I think there are editors out there who want that information available to them and it allows it allows you to go more in depth into whatever your offering is or what your story is. I would recommend having a press release professionally written for you and let, if, if you're not a confident writer. And I think as well, I think your press release is still all about that storytelling aspect. So it's just a continuation of that. They are important and I would also recommend taking the time to design them around your branding so that everything is cohesive and knowing that, yeah, this is just an added opportunity for you to land that feature. So really put some time and effort to make it special.
0: Well, while we've been talking, I couldn't help but think, with one of my friends and um, she's an amazing businesswoman and it's so funny she is in her 30s I think and she said yeah it's been really hard trying to think of an angle because I used to be able to do the young entrepreneur doing this and doing this and she's like oh but then when I passed 30 I, I felt you know couldn't really use that anymore so um, I quite like that she's like right what's my new angle to try and get myself in the media
1: <laughs> yeah yeah And I think as well, I will give you another little hack here. So if you're not hearing back, my tip is to make it personal. What I mean by that is think of something that you could create that is personal to that editor or that publication that is going to give you the opportunity to get in front of them. So an example of this is I work with a beautiful brand who does calligraphy and we would pitched to a few different magazines and we had our dream magazines that we really wanted to get in front of and they weren't picking up the pitch and we were like, oh, look, what's wrong with this story angle? Why is it not working? So I thought, right, we need to get on their desk. And I said to her, what we're going to do is something that's timely around, you know, Christmas and that time of year. So what we did is we researched the editor's names or if they had pets or if they had kids and we sent them some calligraphy on glass baubles packaged up in this beautiful luxury box for them. (laughs) And so that arrived on their desk. And then what we did is as soon as that arrived and we got the notification from the courier, I hit Send on my pitch. Yes. And within about two hours, I had an editor calling my phone saying, Yep, love the story. Let's go ahead with it. Wow. And I had already pitched to her two times before a few months prior and hadn't got anything back from her. But I think it's just going that extra mile and really putting in the time and effort and making it something special that's going to help you stand out. Absolutely. I love that. It sounds so powerful. Alicia,
0: last question. So once we've nailed that pitch and we've followed up and we've secured the story, what do we do then? How can we maximise that coverage or what, what should we be thinking about once we do get featured? So once you're
1: finished doing the happy dance. <laughs> yeah. Pop the champagne. Yeah. Which you'll, you'll often see me doing at the supermarket because that's where I'll get the magazine and I'll be like, oh, my gosh, we got it. We got the feature. So once you finish doing that and celebrating your win, that's my first yeah, thing. Yeah, that's
0: Actually so true. Celebrate
1: it. We don't take enough time to really celebrate all that we've achieved so that's my first tip there and the next thing that i would say is look at your channels so obviously posting it across your instagram stories your social media then another really fun one is to put it on your email signature Ooh, good one so to say look at where we've just been featured which is really great because you're chatting to people every day and they can just get to know you a little bit better obviously on your website, in your as seen in section, I would recommend putting the logo there. And then another one would be popping it in a newsletter to your subscribers and even making it a little bit personal by saying, these are my key takeaways from this story or this feature and really delving into it a little bit more for your audience. So good so good cuz we can
0: really maximize it and this is why i say to my students as well in terms of their content look at what you're posting that gives you credibility and so once people get that media coverage it's such a it's such a kind of claim that they can really share to make their audience just realize even more wow these guys are legitimate they're getting they're getting noticed the media are featuring them hmm, maybe i really should think about buying or whatever it might be so it's so powerful to then basically expand on the reach that you have received into back into your own channels too. Exactly. Well Alicia, I would love to finish up by asking we've both been in business a few years now. I'm sure you've probably had the ups and downs that I have. (laughs) What's (laughs) (laughs) what's been one of the biggest learnings that you've had looking back or what would be something that you would love to have known back when you started?
1: Something that I come back to is that you're actually stronger and more resilient than you think. And there's always going to be challenges, whether it's in your business or your personal life, and they will knock you for a sixer. Like there's no (laughs) denying it. But I think remember that you are strong and you are resilient and you can totally rise from that. And every little challenge that comes up only builds that strength. And only builds that knowledge for the next time something a little bit tricky comes along. So I think just knowing that now, maybe when I started out, if I had have known that I wouldn't have taken things so personally. I know that's (laughs) been a lesson for me too. Yeah. And I think as well, like it is our business, it's our baby. We are emotional and especially as women, we're very tied and connected to our business. So yeah, I think just knowing that it's all going to be okay. And there's always tomorrow. Absolutely.
0: Great share there. Well, Alicia, thank you so much. Let us know where we can
1: go and find out more about you. Yeah, definitely. So we're actually getting a little bit of a secret makeover. Oh my You're actually the first to oh, hear. Exclusive. So- we got the exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> so you will be seeing that very soon or if you're listening a little later on you will have already seen it which is awesome so you can come and connect with us and have a chat on instagram at harper collective mgmt or you can check out the website at www.harpercollective.com.au
0: will that be still be the website after the rebrand yes okay
1: Okay, cool. i it, it will just be a lot more fashionable oh. <laughs> and a lot more me. I love it. A little less um, four years ago DIY. Yeah. Oh, we've all been there, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I found my old
0: website the other day, like um, actually found it on WordPress. I'm like, oh, and on Wix, my very first one on Wix. I'm like, wow, so much going on there. <laughs> Background images and all this anyway. It's good to see where we come from. Well, thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge, Alicia, and I can't wait to chat again really soon.
1: Thank you for
0: having me.